welcome to the Wrestling House Show. My name is Chris, and welcome to a WHS mini-episode covering Night 4 of New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup 2018. As I've said on the previous episodes, if this is your first time listening to a WHS mini-episode, which you can find on cnjradio.com, then go back a few episodes and listen to the first night of the New Japan Cup, because that is where I explain everything that's going on, everything with this series of mini-episodes that I'm doing, and everything going on with the New Japan Cup. But long story short, the New Japan Cup is the first of the major tournaments that New Japan holds every year, and I have just finished watching Night 4, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. So, so far, six men have advanced to the second round of the tournament. Juice Robinson, Michael Elgin, Bad Luck Fale, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, and Zack Sabre Jr. have all advanced to the second round. And tonight we will see two more men advance in the New Japan Cup. The two tournament matches tonight are Toru Yano versus Davey Boy Smith Jr., and Chucky e. T versus one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Sonata. But as always, before I get into the matches of the night, I have to give you the stats for the show itself. Tonight's WHS mini-episode will cover New Japan Cup 2018, Night 4, which occurred on March 12, 2018 at 7pm Japanese Standard Time. The event took place at Takamatsu City Gymnasium in Takamatsu, Japan, and the attendance was 1,365 people. There were eight matches at tonight's show. The first match of the night was a tag team match. It was the young lion Rin Narita teaming up with Ryusuke Taguchi versus the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And as you would expect, the Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions did work as a better tag team than the Young Lion and Taguchi. I think on one of these previous mini-episodes, I mentioned that Taguchi didn't seem that concerned with the Young Lion he was teamed up with the previous night. And he did seem a little bit more concerned with how Narita was doing, but this was still kind of a standard Young Lion match. And what I mean by that is Narita started the match as the Young Lions tend to do. They always want to start, they always want to prove something. He did okay, but he did start getting beat up, of course, and then Taguchi came in, he did a whole bunch of hip attacks. He did a dropkick, actually, too, in this match, which is outside of his range a little bit. But then Narita did come back in at the end of the match, and he did okay, he got a few big moves, but ultimately he was overwhelmed by the teamwork of El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Ended up being Desperado made Rin Narita tap out to Numero Dos, which is his stretch muffler type of submission move. But there's not much else to say about it, so moving on to match number two was a six-man tag team match. It was Bullet Club members Yujiro Takahashi, unfortunately without the lovely Peter tonight, but he was teaming up with Tongaloa and Bad Luck Fale, who are both never openweight six-man tag team champions with their partner who was not here tonight, Tomatonga. It was that trio versus Young Lions, Tetsuhiro Yagi, Shota Umino, and the veteran Yuji Nagata. And kind of like the previous match, I had mentioned on previous mini-episodes how Nagata actually does support the Young Lions quite a bit, and he gives them a lot in the ring, whether he's with them on their team or if he's opposing them. And he did kind of take a more direct approach to his coaching and his mentorship in this match, at the beginning, Yagi wanted to start the match, and to get Yagi fired up, Nagata just slapped him in the face. 
Uh, and he did that kind of thing a few times throughout the match, because Yagi did get in trouble, of course. He was getting overwhelmed by the teamwork of the Bullet Club. And at one point, Yagi was down on the mat, and Nagata stomped him. He was like, hey, like get up, like come tag us. So, yeah, it was that was pretty good. Uh, Nagata did defer to the Young Lions in this match quite a bit. As it goes with most of these matches, Nagata didn't start, but he got a burst of offense in the middle to swing the momentum sort of back to his team's side. You could see that I think it was Shota Umino who wanted the tag, and Nagata was still kind of on a roll, but he went ahead and tagged Umino to let the Young Lions in the ring to get some experience, I guess. I mean, it was pretty clear who was going to win the match at that point. But Shota Umino and Tetsuhiro Yagi both did a good job. Umino did get beat up a lot more, I think, but he was the one in the end. He ended up getting pinned by Yujiro Takahashi after Pimp Juice, which is Takahashi's kneeling DDT. And again, as far as Young Lion matches go, I think it was fine. It was pretty standard, but it was it was entertaining, and I, again, liked what I saw from Yagi and Umino. But moving right along to match number three, it was Michael Elgin teaming up with Young Lion Tomoyuki Oka versus Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto, who is the current Never Openweight Champion. And maybe you're sensing a pattern here, because I did. Oka started the match, Elgin got some offense in the middle, and then Oka ended the match. So that's kind of what these Young Lion matches are. And if you watch and you pay attention, you can see that pretty much all of them follow this same kind of format. Oka wanted to start, he got some good things here and there, he got in trouble, Elgin came in. Elgin, it wasn't quite as spectacular as some of the stuff that Elgin has done recently, but he was on the losing side and he was kind of, again, deferring to the young lion. So Oka gets back in the ring, he has some some moments here and there, and I think he really wanted to go, he was going after Goto quite a bit, and Goto was having none of it. <laughs> he didn't like beat him up, it was just kind of like, if he could ign have ignored Oka, he, I think he would have. But Oka did get one really good shot, one strike on Goto late in the match. But it ended up being Yoshihashi and Tomoyuki Oka in the ring at the end of the match. And Yoshihashi forced Tomoyuki Oka to submit to a butterfly lock. So that takes us right along onto match number four of the night. This was Suzuki-gun members Takamichi Noku and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Los Ingobernables de Japón members Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. So this is just one night after Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Naito in what was probably and probably still is my favorite match of the first round. And I think with the extra people in the ring, Naito did seem a little bit more on his game. Zack Sabre Jr. threw Naito off quite a bit because of all the submissions and things that were going on in the tournament match. But in this match, there were outs for Naito. Bushi would come in and break something up. Uh, or there was there were just so many people there that Naito was able to do his his kind of thing to a little bit greater effect. And he wasn't getting tied up nearly as much as he was the night before. And Saber and Naito did spend a good amount of time in the ring together. But Naito was able to keep the pace up, which helped him a lot. He was able to do a lot of moves and strikes and run around the ring. Whereas Saber likes to slow things down and keep it grounded. So he wasn't able to do that as much. It did lead to actually Bushi and Taka being the two in the ring at the end of the match. And Bushi pinned Taka Michinoku after MX, which is a diving double knee facebreaker. I think this was the best match of the night so far, partly because I love Suzuki-gun versus LIJ, like any matchup. But of course, they continued that thing between Naito and Saber. But we have to move right along to match number five. It was an eight-man tag team match. 
Toa Hanare, David Finley, Juice Robinson, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Suzuki-Goon members Taichi without, unfortunately, Miho Abe, Takashi Izuka, Lance Archer, and Minoru Suzuki, who is the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion, and El Desperado made his second appearance of the night at ringside carrying the Suzuki-Goon flag. And this match was pretty good. I didn't like it as much as the previous match, but it was probably better than a lot of the, or the three Young Lion matches before that. But it did seem kind of a standard match as far as Suzuki-Goon goes. It did start with a brawl right at the opening bell, or the brawl made the bell ring, pretty much. And the main focus really seemed to be Minoru Suzuki and Tanahashi. For the first, I would say probably two-thirds of the match, the camera was focused more so on Suzuki and Tanahashi, whether they were legal or not. Because there was a time when, I think it was Tai Chi, and maybe it was David Finley legal in the ring at the time, but Suzuki was attacking Tanahashi at ringside, and that's where the camera stayed for the most part. They did both become legal in the ring at a time, and Tanahashi went after Suzuki's leg, but after one dragon screw leg whip, Suzuki managed to block the second one and put Tanahashi in a knee bar, and that pretty much ended their time in the ring together. And it ended up, Lance Archer ended up being the last man legal for Suzuki-Goon, and Toa Hanare from the other team ended up being legal. He finally got the tag towards the end of the match, and we all knew it was going to be the end of the match when Toa Hanare got tagged in because he is the youngest and the greenest of everyone in that ring, and so it was pretty clear, at least to me, who was going to lose this match, and it did happen. Lance Archer pinned Toa Hanare after Blackout, which is his inverted crucifix powerbomb. One thing to note is that Lance Archer did not do his usual thing. He did not go out into the crowd before the match and spit on everybody that he possibly could. He was unusually tame before the match, and he was very dominant when he did get in the match. So it was interesting to see. Maybe they did it because Takashi Izuka has the thing where he comes in through the crowd and they didn't want two people in the crowd, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? But it was a, it was a fine match. It was, like I said... It felt pretty standard, but it was entertaining enough. And then the final tag match of the evening was Chase Owens and Kota Ibushi teaming up once again versus Tomohiro Ishii and Kazuchika Okada, who is the IWGP heavyweight champion. And of course, as Okada goes, so goes Gato, who was at ringside. And I feel like this might have been the most evenly fought match. Both teams worked well as tag teams. Chase Owens and Abushi still feel odd to me, but they've sort of started to have this thing where they're kind of working together as a tag team rather than two guys on the same side of the ring. And so that worked well in their favor, but Chaos did win the night. Kazuchika Okada forced Owens to submit to a Cobra Clutch after it was a fine match. The big draw here was Kota Ibushi versus Okada. The two of them actually started the match, and it looked really good, and it was really entertaining. They didn't stay in there too terribly long, but they had a good sequence. It was a sequence that ended with Okada going for the Rainmaker really early and Ibushi ducking out of the way. And yeah, it was it was really good. They were trying to kind of one-up each other, but not too much, not to take too much away from the rest of the match. I think Ibushi is one of the favorites for the New Japan Cup, and an Ibushi versus Okada match would be great. It would, I would love to see that. So maybe it'll happen. But tonight we still have two more men who need to advance in the tournament. 
Match number seven is the seventh match in the first round of the New Japan Cup tournament. It was Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Toru Yano. And this might have been my least favorite match of the tournament so far. It was fine, but it was a Toru Yano match, which means it wasn't terribly physical. It was more of a comedy match, which that's what Yano does. Yano doesn't really wrestle. He gets in the ring. He tries to win by any means necessary. He always takes the pads off the turnbuckles. He'll use the turnbuckles. He'll use low blows as much as he possibly can. He does a lot of schoolboys, a lot of very cheap and tricky tactics to try to win the match. And it he wins a lot, actually, like that. And he won tonight. Toriyano got the victory tonight via countout, actually. At the end of the match, after everything that had happened... I think Smith actually took Yano out to ringside and was hitting him, and Smith went to do a big boot, a running boot to Yano, and Yano was at the barricade. Yano gets out of the way, and Smith ends up crotching himself on the barricade and falling over to the outside. Yano gets back in the ring really quickly, and Smith can't beat the 20 count, so he lost. And I mean, Toriyano maybe can do that for the entire tournament. I don't see it happening, but there's no chance he can win the title that way. So I feel that Yano is going to go out in round two. But the match was fine. It seemed like Davy Boy Smith Jr. did take to the comedy aspect of the match. He there was I think my favorite part of the match is where there was a moment where Smith put Yano in the Tree of Woe, and then he brings his fist back, closed fist, and he's about to punch Yano. Somewhere, probably in the crotch, and Red Shuzuno, the referee, was like, nope, don't do it. He was doing that thing where he shakes his head, closes his eyes, and shakes his head. Davy Boy Smith looked at Red Shoes, and he was like, um, okay. So he puts his arm up in the air and is about to elbow Yano in the crotch. And Smith pauses, and he looks over to Red Shoes, and Red Shoes shakes his head. He's like, nope, don't do it. And so he ended up, Davy Boy actually just ended up kicking Yano in the gut when he was in the tree of well. So there was things like that which is pretty fun. But like I said, it wasn't terribly physical. It was a fine match, and I'm glad I watched it, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But I would recommend the last match of the night, the main event, which was the eighth and final match in the first round of the New Japan Cup. It was one half of the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Sonata versus Chucky e. T. And this was good. They brought a little something different to the match, I think, than any of the previous matches we've seen. Well, just like Yano did, too. But in this instance, it was a table. And Chucky e. T, pretty early in the match, maybe a quarter, a third of the way through the match, goes under the ring to get a table. And you can hear him yelling at ringside, like, Sonata started it. Sonata was brawling with Chucky e. T at ringside, so Chucky e. went for the table under the ring. He sets it up. And if you set up a table in pro wrestling, chances are you are the person that is going to go through that table. And they actually did a really good job of teasing it. I think the main portion of the middle section of the match was pretty much all about teasing the table. They didn't get anything on it right away, and they ended up getting back in the ring. Sonata was on the apron at one point, and he got Chucky e. T in a suplex position and suplexed him up, but Chucky e. T managed to get down on the apron himself, and they didn't get the table spot there either. They ended up fighting for a little while longer. But they finally got it. Sonata caught Chucky e. T as he was on the barricade and ended up powerbombing Chucky e. T through it. And Chucky e. T got a lot of offense in this one. At one point, Chucky e. T did a running, diving front flip over the barricade onto Sonata, who was out in the crowd area. And back in the ring, Chucky e. T got a lot of offense, actually. He got his finisher, the awful waffle, and Sonata kicked out of it. Uh, Sonata went for Skull End a few times. 
and Chucky e. T managed to get out of that. So I really liked the finish to this one. It was Sonata had gotten Chucky e. T into the skull end, but he couldn't make him submit. Chucky e. T's arm was getting a little bit slack. It was down on the mat, and you could see Red Shoes about to try to test his arm, but Chucky e. T kept moving his arm and he wouldn't submit. So Sonata released Skull End, and he went over and did a diving moonsault from the ropes, and he got the pinfall. He got a pinfall after a moonsault rather than his finisher, Skull End. Overall, I think the match was, wasn't my favorite in the tournament so far, but it was probably top three, I would say. Yeah, I'll go with top three. And overall, I think the show wasn't my favorite of the tournament so far. I mean, they're probably just going to get better from here. I think night three so far was my favorite night, at least of the first round. We now know everybody that's heading into round two, and I think it's going to pick up a lot from here. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and probably going to go start watching night five, the first night of round two. And of course, I'm watching all of my New Japan wrestling on NJPW World, which I highly recommend. You can go see all of these things that I'm talking about. And if you want to hear more of me talking and of Joey talking about wrestling, you can go to cnjradio.com, which is the home of the Wrestling House Show. And of course, on the Wrestling House Show, we have all of the monthly wrap-up shows, our retro reviews, which we started with Starcade 83, and of course, these mini-episodes, which we'll be doing throughout the New Japan Cup and possibly into the future. We'll see how that goes. But also on cnjradio.com, you can find the family of CNJ Radio Network podcast, Joey's Rock Strikes 10, the show always guaranteed to give you 10 songs, no more, no less. The Synaptic, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, and of course, my last theater on the left. So go check those out on cnjradio.com. Contact us on the Facebook and Twitter because that's the quickest and easiest way to contact us. And I will see you next time for Night 5, the beginning of Round 2 of NJPW's New Japan Cup 2018. Bye.